In the early 90s, an odd trend took hold in action movies, in their marketing in particular. These movies were promoted using the name of another film with the caveat that the primary set pieces occurred in a different location. On a bus, touted the poster for Speed, directly after the bolded title of this other film. Under Siege featured the name of that other movie in its manic trailer, but assured the would-be audience that it was on a boat. In Alcatraz, the artwork for The Rock practically screamed. And who can forget Sly Stallone's rippling visage on the VHS cover of Cliffhanger, directly under the title of this Bruce Willis vehicle, and On a Mountain. No fewer than four movies, Executive Decision, Air Force One, Con Air, and Passenger 57, based their ad campaigns on the claim that they were just like this 1988 blockbuster, except on a plane. What kind of movie would cast such a shadow that each of its successors would simply accept that escaping from it would be harder than crossing a floor covered with broken glass in your bare feet, and so there was no choice but simply evoke its name? We're the two gomers. We're talking Die Hard. And this is Perfect Movie. Perfect Movie, a podcast hosted by two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Come all the way out to Flagstaff, Arizona. We'll get together, have a few laughs. (laughs) I love that line. Have a few laughs. Have a few laughs. What a stud. Yep. What a friggin' stud he is. Totally amazing. Um, we're going to talk tons tons of Bruce Willis. We're on the Die Hard episode. This is um, yeah. one of our Patient Zero, Movie Zero, <laughs> Game Changer. We were trying to think of different ways sacred of saying Sacred cows. It's all those of, things. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sacred the, cow. The it's original. a golden corral. Right. Yep. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and then just like I mean, you heard in that cold open, everything for fifteen years after this movie is it's a reference point for action movies. Right. Totally, totally. So, so that's part. Maybe that's part of the reason why this whole kind of resurgence of is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Mm. Is it's like we were having that argument along. Like we're yeah, that argument's done. Like we we had that argument. 30 years ago. We're fine. Totally. Well, okay. Is Prometheus a Christmas movie? Well, so, okay. So I had, my dad watched Die Hard. My dad and mom watched Die Hard for the first time last week. Really? i never seen it. Yes. Wow. Okay. And he said, one of the reasons I want to watch this movie is because on all the, every, t- this time of year for the past two or three years, everybody on sports radio uh. starts arguing about, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Got it. And so I want to know. And so I'm going to watch it and figure it out. Okay. Okay. Um, 
he watched it, and it took us several backs and back and forths, backs and forth, uh-huh. back and forths, um, where he was of a mind at the beginning that no, it's not a Christmas movie. Uh huh. Then I had to say, Dad, you gotta expand that. You gotta expand your mind, okay. which I think so- is the. I, I think is the main argument for it being a Christmas movie. You have to have a definition of a Christmas movie that goes beyond Santa Claus okay. or a Christmas Carol. Right. Yep. I mean, because you can go that, back to our uh, to our taxonomy. Yep. Which is there are different kinds of Christmas movies, and so if there are different kinds of Christmas movies, then yes, Die Hard is fully a Christmas movie. Because yep. there are different kinds. If there is only one kind, then I guess no, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. Sure. And if there's only one kind, then that would be boring, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, it would be like, how many more ways can you tell the Santa Claus story? Like, uh-huh. I mean, although we did just rewatch, rewatch, we just watched The Grinch for the first time, the, the DreamWorks version. Oh, with yeah. Bene- uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. How is it? Mm-hmm. It was good. It was fun. I mean, we were laughing. Yeah, okay. I mean, we were like, we were ROTFLing. Um, the music, I was like, wow, I can't believe how how Danny Elfman has, like, influenced, like, movies like this. Really? I was like, now even the younger composers sound just like Danny Elfman. Um, huh. And it gets to the credits, and it was Danny Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time I didn't know it was him. I was like, I cannot believe this. Like he's done everything yeah. Tim Burton. And I was right. like, man, are they ripping him off so bad? And I was like, oh, it was him. Oops. And then like Nightmare uh, Chad, Before Christmas. Chad leaned and, over to you and said, you're a musical genius. You're a musical. <laughs> Actually, dude, that happened. We wa- we were watching The Crown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is also incredible. Did you watch from the first season or are you just watching this uh, first latest season. Princess Die one? Okay. First season. Um, yeah. And I was like, man, these Hans Zimmer chords, dang, mm. like incredible. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the end and it was like music by Hans Zimmer. And Aaron was like, "It, dude, it was sixth grade shit. Aaron became, oh, that sounds very weird. <laughs> Aaron became a sixth grader leaning over and whispering in your ear. I she, don't know why that would sound weird. Well, I was gonna say she's a she was turned into a sixth grade Chad, um, <laughs> my buddy sitting there. But I I literally think for like two seconds, Aaron was reminded. Oh, that sounds so arrogant. But she was reminded that I'm like good at music and stuff and have a good ear and whatnot and what have you. Sometimes when you're married to somebody, you need to be reminded that they're good at stuff. For yeah, sure. Yeah, I I actually think it, she it was like good. She was like, wow, dang, <laughs> I'm whoa. <laughs> I'm married to a musical genius. <laughs> so this whole uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I had I went and I did all this research, okay, creative, yep. commercial, cultural data. Yep. I counted how many times they said the word Christmas. Oh, and how many times you see wor- the images? And at the end of it, I was like, "This is boring." Okay, you're like forget. <laughs> they don't it. need to hear all this. What they need to hear is there are different kinds of Christmas movies. Right. Yes. Yes. And this one falls into level two of Stephen's Christmas taxonomy, mm-hmm. which is it takes place during Christmas mm-hmm. and has a lot of Christmas imagery in it. Yeah. It doesn't have to have a Santa message or a Jesus message at the end of it. <laughs> right. Right. 
<laughs> or even a giving or believing is the answer to life message. Sure. It just it just has to have a lot of Christmas lights in it. This one happens during Christmas Eve. Yep, it's a Chris so it's at a Christmas Eve party. Right? Right. So mm-hmm. that's huge. And then just yeah. the feel. Like it, you know like how like when they when directors like make a like if they do an outside shot and they wet the the cement before the shot just yep. to make it look a certain way. That's like yeah. what yep. just having a movie at Christmas does. It just it's a different feel. You're just yes. like it it's a uh, and especially for this year, 2020, it's like Let's finish. Let's watch every movie. Let's enjoy and savor every bite, mm-hmm. yep. every morsel. Because we're <laughs> we're never gonna have a Christmas like this again. And and we're living in the tension of of difficulty right. and sadness, but also mm-hmm. like I, Aaron and I were talking like this is the slowest, least busy, most unhurried Christmas 100%. of our lifetime. And and it will never be like this again. Totally. And so you might as well. Watch Prometheus because they have mm. a Christmas tree in it. Oh, dude, I re I reset up. I, I took the TV down from on top of our mantle, and now it's we're waiting for our furniture. But it's it's totally changed the whole feel of the room. Yeah, set up Sonos, uh-huh. and I just blasted the first five minutes of Prometheus. Those mm. horns, that oh. is so good. <laughs> oh, I love it. And so, um, I'm not gonna bore you listener well with all the okay. all the things i learned this is what we love um, though we chad guess so chad's spreadsheet of how much the McAllisters paid on home alone 2 and home alone 1 from the bonus disc episode like yeah that is pretty interesting you're right pretty okay awesome. let me give you a couple stats then. okay i want it christmas is said 18 times yeah that's a lot in this movie that's yep. a lot that's more than they say Kill, I think. That's more than they say die or hard. Okay. And um, and F? Is it more than the F word? I highly okay. doubt that. I should have counted the F words. <laughs> I remember counting the F words during Cliffhanger. Were you there? No. Okay. Once once we counted the F words in Cliffhanger and it was like over 100. Okay. Um, so I, I don't think Christmas has said more than the F word. And just let me say, one of the best uses or the best uses of the F word in movie in cinema. Yep. Do you think that's true? Yep, maybe. Yeah. And so and the yeah. way that you get two top-notch actors mm. saying it in different ways. Yippee-ki-yay. So, Marabara. Yeah. Marabara. Yeah. He like swallows the cur. Yeah. You know I what know, I mean? It almost sounds like <laughs> sweeter. Alan Rickman. <laughs> what did you say? Right. Yippee-ki-yay. Marabara. <laughs> but, um, but even Bruce Willis, and I, I, I hear it killed in the room when he said it the first time. Oh, which yeah. He, he kind of, he's like, yippee ki yay There's such swagger in that. <laughs> he's so amazing. Um, okay. Mr. So Falcon. Merry Christmas. 18 times. Yep. Um, Christmas imagery. Mm. Okay. Um, so like a Christmas tree. Or lights. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! Mm-hmm. The Christmas tape that he tapes the mm. gun on his back with. Yep, this isn't tinsel. Not just for decoration. <laughs> not. We wa- we watched that two days ago. Oh. Elves with. Edit. 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 Um, 
Yeah, I counted 19. Wow. Christmas elements. And then, of course, you've got the uh, jingle bells in the score. Yep. Right? Kind of that distorted jingle bell sound. Um, Uh I, I would say the biggest contention between me and dad was that Beethoven's Ninth, that's the... That's the theme they use. Is not a Christmas song, right? Interesting. And so, interesting. I, I yeah. use that. I use that as like, and they're playing Beethoven's Ninth all over the place, and he's like, uh-huh. "That's not a Christmas song." They're Way playing that go. because they're Germans. Yes. Well done, Bob Grauman, <laughs> right. Mr. Grauman. Mm-hmm. That's Mr. Grauman yeah. to me. Um, well done on that one. Now, because they yeah. could have played like Hallelujah chorus or or some sort of Messiah. Right. But but Beethoven nine. I mean, John McTiernan. So dude, John McTiernan. When we get to the mm-hmm. one sheet, we'll get there. But he also did his next movie, Pertner, dude. The original Pertner, Hunt for Red October. Right. Which, yeah, and the the movie previous to this was Predator. I think. Right. What a dang. Okay. It's just which is Silvestri's <laughs> Back to the Future score. Oh, is it? <laughs> Over, over a horror movie making Predator the least scary horror movie ever made. <laughs> okay, dude, huge hole. I've never seen that. Okay. I've never seen it's Predator. It's pretty good. I mean, Schwarzenegger is so unintentionally funny okay. in that movie. Even I mean, better. that's where Get to the Chapa is from, Okay, is Predator. Um, and he... It, which I mean, it's it's odd then that Bruce Willis and I have a hot take on Bruce Willis. Okay, his casting in this um, is such a different star to choose. And then yep. what did you just say is the next? Then Hunt Pertner, for an October, which is Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. So, but the music in Hunt for an October that was my whole point is like I think John McTiernan yeah. has like a, he likes to use like classical music. Or like in oh, Hunt for okay. Red October, it's like this amazing like Russian men's chorus. Really, so, dude, you gotta see Hunt for Red October. It's friggin' amazing. I've um, seen it one time in my life. Okay, yeah, that's that. I might need to put that on my list. Well, it's on my list. Sorry, but oh like, yeah, it's on your list. We might need right. to upgrade that to yeah <laughs> to sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, because it's just it's so phenomenal. Um, okay, that's that was a good point by your dad though. Yep. That was very good. Um, so we went back and forth on that a lot. There, There is like, I think, issues with the fact that it came out in July or June or something, right? Mm. It came out in the summer. Um, yep. That's a summer blockbuster, I, though. I mean, and yeah, Die yep, Hard. Definitely. Yeah. It's not used in the, Christmas isn't really used on the poster at all or in the tagline, even though I th- they mentioned it in the trailer, which we're, we're about to listen to. Okay. Um, they mentioned that it's Christmas Eve. Um, I found this Google Trends chart mm-hmm. of how often Die Hard is Googled. Mm. And there is a, every December, there is a massive spike. Wow, that's cool. In Google searches for Die Hard. Okay. So what that says, and that spike has been growing over the past three years. I think because of this resurgence of is Die Hard a Christmas movie stuff. Yep. Okay, um, so maybe... Bruce Willis and the team was like, hey, let's start a controversy because it's going to make it even more of a Christmas movie. That- oh, you mean when Bruce Willis said, it's not a Christmas movie, it's a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't Come know that's on. what he said. 
That's what he said. Oh, man, that makes me feel it's, worse. Dang it. Why do you have to ruin it? I don't want to do this anymore. Forget it. You knew that Bruce Willis came out and said it wasn't a Christmas movie. I didn't know movie. he said it was a Bruce Willis before. movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't, that part you didn't know. I didn't know yeah. the second half Stupid. of that. Oh, gosh. Well, what that, what I'm saying, here's, here, I was hoping to make you feel better with that because his point oh. wasn't, I'm going to get up here and say it's not a Christmas movie. I'm going to make a funny joke oh. about how that's a Bruce Willis movie over anything else. Okay. But it was a joke. It was said like tongue and I think it, I think it's a joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was like he got he got a big laugh and applause for it. Okay. Got it. Okay. That's funny. I'm, I'm just yeah. so just post-election like thinking of male bravado <laughs> like just so like well what we, what we decided was we have seen this movie more than bruce willis has and so oh, we right. have more of a right to say totally whether it's a christmas movie yep. or not we've watched the movie more than he filmed it is what we said um yeah and we call it and, and then again once a once an artist releases a piece of art then it's up to the beholder right right yeah, it's mine now now i own it <laughs> eh. And it's like also with the Christmas, <laughs> with Christmas too. Like it's sort of like how I said the Thanksgiving dinner. So this is yep. the opposite of my thought on Thanksgiving dinner, which is like you uh-huh. have to eat that on Thanksgiving. And I'm right. like never again. This it's like you Ooh. have to watch this on Christmas. Not never again. Well, and the more pushback there is against Die Hard, the more you want to watch it during Christmas. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm, I could see a take on that. Like, don't tell me when I, that I have to watch it at Christmas. I'll watch it when I want to watch it. Right. Um, before we get to the one sheet, I just want to add a Christmas movie that I don't think we've talked about much. This would be in my tier three. Okay. Um, which is a, there are scenes mm-hmm. of Christmas in the movie. Got it. Um, when we watched, when we rewatched Catch Me If You Can. Mm, right. A couple months ago. Yeah. I was reminded that um, uh, Tom Hanks and Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio yep. always have a conversation on Christmas Eve. Right. That and rules. then he's caught on Christmas Eve hmm. at the end. Yep, in France. Right. Yep. In that like little so, French town, oh. and there's those there's carolers outside. And at the beginning, um, his dad and his mom are dancing in front of the Christmas tree, and yep. um, there she she spills wine on the ground, and um, and so that isn't a movie like Die Hard that happens contained only in Christmas, but Christmas keeps coming up in that movie. Sure. Um, and of course, the first time I, I mean, after we watched that, I was like, great, another one to watch during Christmas. Wonderful. Yes. I can't wait. I love Catch Me If You Can. Another great mm-hmm. original score by Williams featuring the saxophone and a marimba. I love it when he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. So cool. Yep. Great um, score. It's kind of that, that he was in that like, um, Terminal has that sort of like yeah. jazzy score. Yep. Tintin too has a great oh, yeah. um, jazz score by Williams. Oh, so I good. can hear the terminal now in my head. Oh, it sounds so good. Um, uh, Harry Potter too, or Harry Potter as well. Yeah. Right. Has Christmas scenes. Mm-hmm. Like it always it does. It, it's like a it's like a Halloween. And Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Christmas and there's, but it's yep. like it follows a school year every year, right? Well, so we always watch the Harry Potter movies in the fall because of that. It's a school movie, yep. And so that's fun to watch when school starts, yep. But also those, you can watch a Christmas movie without feeling bad 
because it's not a Christmas movie, but those <laughs> so are. Because every single one has a Christmas. Well, I don't think the seventh and eighth do. Right. Oh, no. The seventh one does. The eighth okay. doesn't. Die Hard, um, though. Uh, Die Hard. It, it, like, by it being a Christmas movie, it, make, it, it, it ensures that everybody will watch it once a year at least. So it should be right. super, Bruce Willis should be super happy about that. Hey, by the way, we also watched Ocean's 12 recently. Bruce Willis makes a yeah. great appearance in that. Does I he play himself forgotten. in that He one? plays himself. Right. And Julia Roberts is playing mm-hmm. Julia Roberts. You know, like. Well, she, I thought she was playing somebody who looks like Julia Roberts. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Right, right, right. Okay. So yeah. she's. She's not Julia Roberts in the movie, even though she's being played by Julia Roberts. But that's like one of the Matt Damon's things. He's like, has anybody ever said she looks like, shh, don't, 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 don't. Oh, right. So part of the heist is she pretends to be Julia Roberts. Yeah. So that she can get in with Bruce Willis. No, no, no. Who's playing himself. Just so that she can get in to um, see this Fabergé egg thing so they can steal (laughs) it. Oh, right. And the, the problem is... Bruce Willis is staying at that hotel and he yeah. breaks in to talk to Julia Roberts, who's not Julia Roberts. And it like, it's, it's a whole fiasco. Cause like yep. she, now she's starstruck cause she's seeing Bruce mm-hmm. Willis for the first time in person. Cause she's not actually, Julia. I would be too. Yeah. So handsome. That's my favorite skin. part of oceans 12 by far. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis is perfect. head. <laughs> we need to talk about that full head of hair in this movie. Looks incredible. Wait, but favorite part in Ocean's, Ocean's 12, though, dude, Hagrid, man, when they have that whole conversation, it's Brad Pitt. I don't remember. Dude, Brad uh-huh. Pitt, um, yeah. Daniel Ocean, uh, what, George Clooney, Matt Damon, yeah. and Hagrid. Uh-huh. Except he's shaven. And they have a right. whole conversation, like, over a drink in code. Oh, Did you I don't remember. That? I'll it's, have to watch that movie oh, again. So uh-uh. funny. I haven't seen that movie okay. in a long time. Anyways. Okay, great. great. Yeah. Okay, let's do the one sheet. Okay. Oh, right. Here we go. All right. Die Hard. Die July hard. 20th, 1988. Okay. Yeah. It is over. Summer release. Yep. Came out July 20th, summer, just after. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the 4th of July release. We'll, we'll get there for the other movies released around that time. Um, okay. Two hours and 12 minute runtime. That is pretty long. But yeah. I think it feels a bit long in parts to me. Oh, hot take. Okay. Might need to put that. But I can't, I can't tell you what the parts are, and it might be a planes, trains situation where I've seen it so much, and I'm just like, I wanted to get to this part. Yeah, and hurry up and get to that part. Got it. So I'm not going to hold the two twelve against it. No way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you'd cut. Everything yeah, pays off. You're right. It's perfect. Yep. You're totally. We're right. coming in hot, dudes. Nation. This movie is perfect. Okay. This is not a situation. This no. is not a Mitchell McDear situation where no. I just have to prove that it's perfect. This is. I think this is the best action movie ever made yep. trial. This is one of the best <laughs> movies ever made. Like, Yes, I agree. Like my wife loves it. She's not a huge action movie person, but she would watch mm-hmm. this any day, not just Christmas. I can't wait to get to the trial so we can Great. reveal why those things are. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, budget was $28 million. Bruce Willis mm-hmm. got five of that for his that first That seems like movie. a lot. His first, Yeah, like he had some talent agent that just like... Uh-huh. Dang, we'll get to that with the other cast choices. Um, okay. Okay. Grossed eighty-three million domestic, hundred forty-one million worldwide. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It did uh, get nominated for four Oscars, although it didn't win. They were all in kind of like the production, sound, okay. film editing, sound effects editing, right. and visual effects. All amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, this was based on a book, a uh, book called Nothing right. Lasts Forever um, by Roderick Old Thorpe. book, right? I mean, right. not a new book. It was. It's from the 70s. Have I read it? No. Have I read The Detective? No. Have I heard of Roderick Thorpe? Has anybody read those books? No. Okay. I don't think you need to feel bad about not reading those books. Well, I have thousands <laughs> of books I need to read before that. If I finish, like, everything you want me to read and, like, I'm supposed to read for being smart. <laughs> and, and then finally you get to Nothing Lasts Forever, the movie that Die Hard is loosely based on. I know. Like, okay, I'll never read that. Forget it. No. Die Cross Hard's it off better. that list of things that you're going to read. See, th- yeah. these are the kind of to-do lists that cause me so much depression and anxiety. It's like one day I'm going to read. Let me release you from ever having to okay. think about Nothing Lasts Forever again. Okay, that's the last time I'm going to think. And that one didn't really cause me any worry, but. Okay, that's um, good. Although I was like last week, I was like, should I read that? <laughs> I'm sure you were. What a waste. What a waste of time. Because it's so loosely based on it. Did you ever see The Detective, yeah. though? The other movie that it's... No, is that a, that's Sinatra, right? Yep. Um, okay. No, I never saw it. Okay. Me neither. Check okay. that off the to-do yep. list for having done that before recording this. Um, <laughs> I have so many to-do lists. I still need... I, I told you about this one. I still need to mow the lawn... Before Aaron's family comes for Christmas last year. I haven't crossed that one off yet. (laughs) But they've come. Yeah, and we don't live there anymore. (laughs) Like those two years. (laughs) Cross it off. You sold that house and the yard next to it. I'm so messed up. Sorry. Okay. Um, Other movies released around this time. This is a good, good year, dude. Rain Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Big. Wow. Twins. Double wow. Uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Never heard of that. Beetlejuice. Yet I just thought I'd say one that was like I was like I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Have a movie podcast. That's, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think. Dangerous Liaisons. Okay. Um, Fish Called Wanda. Mm. Yes. Mm. Kevin Klein. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. So good. Yep. Um, I was in Austria mm-hmm. in 88. I remember seeing, I remember going to see, um, the, the release schedule must have been different. I remember going to see Who Framed Roger Rabbit and seeing the poster for Die Hard in German. Oh. Coming out of the theater. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. No. So the, um, all of these movies deeply ingrained in me because going to a movie was huge. Yep. For us. Yep. One of the things. Um, we just didn't go often. Yep. Again, Mr. Grauman, one of the most important characters um, and influencers <laughs> of the two Gomers, obviously because Gomer <laughs> 2 wouldn't even be here um, and he changed my life and your life. It always comes up mm-hmm. every every few episodes. He instilled the love yeah. of movies in you and you guys helped instill it in me. So. Right. Now, how do you remember when you first saw this movie? I do. It was at a. Uh, I was a freshman. Okay. I was at a wind ensemble party at Tracy Leland's house. This was before you were yep. in high school. I was still, I was still a little um, whippersnapper. And we watched Die Hard and Die Hard Two. Wow! Like at a, that party, like a lay down day or like a d- double yeah. feature. Well, I think what happened was we watched Die Hard, mm-hmm. and then Die Hard Two started. I think it was probably on TV. 
Oh, and yeah. And then Die Hard 2 was on in the background. Got it. Um, so, I, but I remember thinking, where have you been all my life, hmm. Die Hard? Mm-hmm. I can't believe I've gone, at that point, it was five years yeah. without having seen this movie. And then, you know, Die Hard 2 was on in the background, but I wasn't, at that point, paying much attention to the party because I wanted... And, I, and then when... Um, <laughs> uh, um, Al comes on for that cameo, that yep. brief cameo. Yep. Um, I was like, it's him. Yes. <laughs> As if I had been waiting for that for five years or something. <laughs> yeah. And you only had to wait five minutes or at least an hour. Right. And I bet that movie when it's on TV is probably like four hours long, all the commercials and stuff. <laughs> and he says, Mr. Falcon, I think oh, even in the first one. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon a character that does not show up until the second movie. Got it. But I think on TV he'll say that in the first movie. Too. Yippee Kaye, Mara Mara. Mr. Falcon. Mr. Falcon. Um huh, I wonder if like I'm assuming then I watched I watched Die Hard then every year since then. Yep. Okay, so I don't remember the first time I watched it. I Okay. I know it must have been somewhere around then, somewhere in high school. Like we've mm-hmm. said before, my my family's not huge into like action movies. Uh, my mom, sure. actually, my mom probably would have seen it. I don't know. My dad didn't give a rip about movies. Right. So um, I'm sure he... So it's not something you would have watched uh, with Kith and Kin. No. Of I, a Christmas Eve. I know. <laughs> right. I, I just, I all I really remember, dude, is watching Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Santa uh-huh. Claus... Yeah, but that was later. The night they saved. Yep. See, that's why. That's mm-hmm. why I love it so. Oh man, I have a couple of great takes. I can't wait to record that. Um, <laughs> the night they saved took all the real estate that <laughs> Die Hard would have in your family moving movie viewing. <laughs> that is like okay. That's like if somebody didn't know that like Beethoven existed and only listened to like Mannheim Steamroller. Like they're like, this is music. <laughs> now man, I'm Seamroller is good. You'd be so mad. But like there's this world out there of like yeah. you know right. of like Mozart yep. and Beethoven and Brahms. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. okay, uh Rotten Tomatoes, ninety four percent for critic and audience. I mean, that's huge. Right. Um yep. dude, number one song that year, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Dude, great song. Um, sure. Love it. Bobby, Mc- I'm sure Bobby McFerrin's biggest hit, right? I mean, he's not getting on top 10 pop charts with his Yo-Yo Ma album. Right. Well, and, or like Circle Songs that is like oh, blowing right. my mind. Like, mm. But yeah, that's this a great was album, his, yeah. This was like his pop. I mean, this. all you need to do is just write one of those, man. Yes. Retire on that. Why yep. can't we? I still want to have one lick like... Like I just one lick that can, or like one jingle yeah. that you can retire on and then do your thing. Um, yep. That's like about a boy, right? That. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, another great Christmas movie. Hey, did I tell you real quick my Bobby McFerrin story? No, I have um, one too. What's yours? Oh great. Um, he, so I played in Wiso, Wisconsin Youth Symphony. Yep. And one Saturday morning, mm-hmm. me and my friend John Bickham. Do you remember that guy? bassoonist extraordinaire yep Yep. um we both we both took a gig we were ringers for memorial high school symphony (laughs) yeah and so we both phoned your first ringer gig (laughs) one of my first we both phoned it into wiso 
uh-huh. and played like the like graduation or something for Memorial okay. High School where yeah. neither of us went. Okay. <laughs> Who are these guys? Later we find out the guest conductor for Weiso that morning was Bobby McFerrin. No. Oh man, that's so a we were terrible like, story. We skipped Weiso the one no. day where like they had a guest conductor. Our conductor ruled, but dude, he was it was Bobby McFerrin. Like no. what? Oh, that's the worst Christmas story. That's very Dickensian, this story that you're telling. Mm, so Sorry, sad. man. That's okay. Um I saw Bobby McFerrin live. Mm. Uh when I was in college, Jessica and I went to go see a Bobby McFerrin show. He had a full oh. orchestra with him. St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Because he was their um, music director for a while, I think. Okay, maybe he brought them. I mean, we were pretty close. We we're 90 yeah. minutes away. Um, and the the finale of the show was he sang, he improvised an orchestra, a symphony piece. Oh, and so my he went gosh. and he sang the he sang the trumpet part to them and they played oh. it. He sang Damn. the strings part to the string, and then, and then he, and then of course he sang a song over the whole thing. Um, Dude, and then awesome. I saw him coming out the back, and everybody getting into the bus, and I ran over him and tried to say hi, and he totally ignored me. <laughs> I have a the couple end. stories like that. Yeah, where I was like, <laughs> I just have to meet the person. I remember I talked to Michael W. Smith. He was already in his PJs. <laughs> uh, I was like, I just have to say hey to him, but I was like, I'm not going to do a selfie because he's already in. Um, right. Uh, and then Robin Williams, remember he signed my brown bag. No, I don't um, remember that one. He he was performing at the um right across from the White Horse Inn at the at the Civic Center or the oh, right. Oscar Mayer. Yeah. Yep. And me and Aaron ran into him, mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to get a signature. All I have is my to go food. <laughs> but he had a sharpie, and he's like, I'll sign your brown bag. Amazing. That's awesome. Yep. Do you still have that brown bag anywhere? I guarantee it's in one of those boxes in my closet. Yep. Actually, a box like, that just says Anthony's stuff on it. <laughs> I have those in my closet. Totally. Stephen High School. Just a box. <laughs> totally. Hey, one more thing, and then we got to do. Yeah. Uh, this is just jam packed, but this is we're going extra on this. Okay. I know. Um. Well, actually, we'll get to Bruce Willis's casting. Okay, yeah, let's, Later. let's hold that off. Yep. Um, so if you haven't watched, and I'm sure you have, uh, The Movies That Made Us on Netflix. Oh, I, yeah, I guess I watched that last year. Okay. It came out last year, right? I remember watching the Home Alone one. Yep. So there's a Die Hard one. I, I watched it this morning. I okay, yeah. Um, I watched it last year, and mm-hmm. um, Reginald Vell Johnson, you know. Love it. Uncle Sergeant Carl. Sergeant L. Powell. Yep, yep, yep. Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow. Um, man, I mean, the whole thing is funny, like super informative, really interesting. If you like this podcast, you'll like love that 45 yeah. minutes of like great okay. stuff. Um, yep. But he is like so amazing and emotional in that. Hmm. Okay. Like he talks about how his he owes his life to Die Hard, like to getting wow. that gig. And he talked yeah. about his audition. So the other person that was up for it... Um, which is from the Gomer One Sheet was Wesley Snipes. That would have been bad. Oh, that totally. So like he, what he says in the in the thing is like, I listened to Wesley Snipes do his interview or his audition. <laughs> okay, I yeah. could hear it through the door, and he's like, I did the exact opposite. Yeah, that's and amazing. He, got, he said he got the gig, and he called his mom, who had supported him for his whole career. Right. And like it was like the best moment. She got to see the movie. He huh. bought her a house. 
with oh, the money. Amazing. It's just like it was amazing. He go like they they follow him to go see Nakatomi yeah. Tower, right? And he's like crying. It's just great. So well, and and playing the opposite of Wesley Snipes, yeah, is a genius idea. Totally, because that's that's a great dynamic, right? Yeah. That yep, uh, Reginald Vell Johnson and Bruce Willis have. Right, it's not two yep. action heroes talking. Right, totally. <laughs> it's not. It's not Die Hard and Die Hard on a plane talking yeah. to each other. It's <laughs> it's two different guys. Yeah. Um, that that's amazing. And I just want to apologize before I have to write out an apology. I know I don't know why I said Uncle Carl. Nobody calls him Uncle Carl oh, in right. Family Matters. <laughs> I got I got Full House confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Reginald. <laughs> Carl. That's what I remember. Steve Urkel. Oh, he yeah. never called him Uncle Carl. What am I thinking? It's okay, let me read the back of the VHS box. Here we go. So good. Mm. Pictures of him running around, swinging around. Edge of your seat is the quote. You'll have a whale of a time, which makes no sense. There's no whales in it. Okay. What? A whale of a time. Is that is that supposed to be like, oh, okay. I don't think it's supposed to be anything. It's just supposed to be like this guy says, you'll have a good time. What a hoot. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) High above the city of L.A., a team of terrorists. Not true. Right. This is interesting to me. Has seized a building, taking hostages, and declared war. But one man has managed to escape detection, an off-duty cop. He's alone, tired, and the only chance anyone has. Bruce yes. Willis stars as New York City detective John McClane, newly arrived in Los Angeles to spend the Christmas holiday. Christmas is on the box. Ah. With his estranged wife, Bonnie Bedalia, in parentheses. But as McClane waits for his wife's office party to break up, terrorists seize control of the building. While the terrorist leader, Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman, and his savage henchman, Alexander Gudnoff, Round of hostages, McLean slips away unnoticed, armed with only a service revolver and his cunning. McLean launches his own one-man war. A crackling thriller from beginning to end. Die Hard explodes with heart-stopping suspense. Good news, nation, it's in color. 132 <laughs> minutes, 1988. Oh, boy. Well, this, I mean, you, you look at the, the, the credits on this thing. The one I just want to say is the DP, director of photography, Jan de Bont mm. goes off, directs two of my favorite action movies of the 90s, Ooh. Speed and Twister. Oh, I didn't know it was the same guy. Yeah. Nice. He's a DP in Die Hard, and he directs cool. Speed and Twister. Oh, directs? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, Speed rules. Love Speed. Speed Speed is perfect as well. When's the last like, time you saw Twister. Twister's incredible. I mean, Twister makes me mm. think of back to the old Two Gomers original Florida days. I used to yeah. watch um, Storm Chasers get a Subway sandwich and then run a 10-miler. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> the perfect combination. The perfect day. That was like... It was like my Tuesday afternoon evening ritual. Remember, I would do night runs. Our LSRs yeah. were supposed to be on, like, Sunday, and I would do them on, like, Tuesday night. Yep. Yeah. After watching Storm Chasers having Subway and a venti coffee. <laughs> and then get on out there, pound the pavement. Totally. Or or uh Chipotle. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's double wrapped. Mm. 
Um, all right, let's listen to the trailer. Okay. Gotta lo- I gotta love an '80s trailer. Great narrator. Um, and like I said, it does say Christmas in the trailer and on the back of the box. Let's put this argument away. It's a all Christmas right. movie, fools. <laughs> Great. The Gomers will be right back to put Die Hard on trial. But first, a Christmas message from patreon.com slash two gomers. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. So much fun recording all this Christmas stuff. Now I'm on Zoom by myself, I guess. I'm waiting for Steven. Um, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Hello, Anthony. Huh? Who, who's that? It's oh, me, God. the ghost of Christmas past. Couldn't you tell? Is that by a- my flowing robes? Are we on Monticello Way? Oh my gosh. No, no, not quite. Just give me a minute to set this bit up. I'm the ghost of Christmas past, and I know that you're about to record, and Stephen is always late. Oh, I thought I'm always late. What? Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> but before you record, would you just... I want to bring you somewhere. Mm, okay. Would you just touch my robe? Okay. Touch the okay. hem of my garment. Yep. And here we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Do you see before you? I can't quite remember how this works. We we can't affect the past. Is that right in Scrooge things? Yeah. It's you can only you're like you're seeing it. Like I'm seeing things. Oh, right. But like like as as if through a glass dimly. Right, okay, so we can't affect what you're seeing right now. Just what do I look like, Doc Brown? <laughs> we can't, aff- I forgot, we can't affect what we're seeing. But look, alas, it is you, Anthony. We're about five years into recording mm-hmm. Gomer's podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do I see before me? You're crying, you're weeping. Mm. Why am I so sad? Because you're not making any money. Ugh. What? <laughs> We sh- if there was only some sort of subscription service that we could have done. No, we never... Well, I keep saying we. Why do I keep saying we? You and Anthony... <laughs> no, you and Steven never made any money. Well, that's not quite true. You did have some... Uh, and we're very appreciative... They are very appreciative of the money they made. Let's Fun- not... <laughs> fundraisers and whatnot. Right, but we did. they didn't have a way back then to gain monthly support. Oh... It's so grim. Mm. It's terrible. Anthony, I know you cannot affect the past. What would you say to yourself? How would you change it if you could? Well, I would say, is there any website or any service (laughs) that has been created to help support, like, artists? And if not, let's create that and make tons of money. If only we had (laughs) that you had said that to uh, them. Back in back in uh, 2013, <laughs> there wouldn't have been so much gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. But listen, now we know better man. Come mm-hmm. in and know me better man, as my colleague would say. I'm not him, though. I'm the ghost of Christmas past. You can't do anything about it. But I'm so happy to know that patreon.com slash twogomers 
exists in the Christmas present. So thankful for that. Oh, wonderful. No more tears because there's so many opportunities to support you and Stephen. No more wearing burlap sacks. Now you can wear real clothes. <laughs> no more USB mics. <laughs> you can actually connect it through a real audio box. No more old school garage band. We gotta download that that one that's like not 12 years old. It's not too late. <laughs> now, if there's something you could tell your listeners, it's lucky you pushed record. Mm. Because you can tell your listeners something. I think now in the present, now that we've seen the horrid past, mm -hmm. how can they change the future? The cool thing is there's so mm. much amazing bonus content, bonus material. Like if you, so I'm talking to the listener right now, right? Or am I talking to the ghost? Go ahead and talk to the listener. That's what's <laughs> happening now. I thought I set you up pretty well, but still... apparently you didn't quite get it. Talk to the listener. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for $3.1 a month, mm. listener. Pittance, a pittance, a mere pittance. Just a two bits, two <laughs> pence. <laughs> a shave and a haircut. Just a couple of mites. Yes. Um, you get perfect movie. You get mm. an episode of Perfect Movie and you get the results show of Perfect Movie. That's two Wonderful. bonus episodes yes. a month for mm -hmm. $3.1. For $6.2, you get an additional two episodes. So for for a for the for the 10k donation, yes. less than the price of a number one with a cough. Oh, delicious. I wouldn't know what that means because I'm from the 18th century, but it sounds wonderful. <laughs> it's this thing, two all-beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Uh, then it's this, Say no more. Now I understand. It's an elixir All those of ingredients. Love yum. with corn syrup <laughs> and bubbles and mm. food coloring. So you're asking your listeners to give that up once a month. Yep. For bonus eps, and I've heard that there's game shows and mm -hmm. dog chat and things like that. Who wouldn't want to pay such a price? Oh, and bonus movies, imperfect mm. sequels, yes, indisputable, indefensible movies, tips, tricks, all the stuff. $6.2 a the month. The only thing better would be some sort of gathering. Mm. Okay. I wonder, could there be some sort of gathering... Coming yeah. up soon? Yeah. So Ghost of Christmas Future would be able to huh? tell us that on December 17th, mm -hmm. uh, we're having a party, a Zoom. There's this thing called Zoom, which Ooh, the Ghost of Christmas Past... scary. Ghost of Christmas Past knows that we only started recording where we could see each other like a year ago. Oh, yes, of course. I, knew, I know about Zoom. I forgot. But... There's going to be a Christmas party on December 17th, mm -hmm. 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. Eastern, mm. and it's only for Gomertrons, so you right. got to be at that 3.1 level or not, or, or, or above. Yes. To join in, you'll get that link, RSVP. If I, if I were not a specter, a Christmas specter, I'd join Bonus Disc myself. Oh, I, I sense that, I sense another presence. Steven is approaching, oh? and so I must... 
depart. Farewell. <laughs> the stupidest thing we have ever done. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve in LA. California. Is Daddy coming home, Sue? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead. He's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. There is brilliant. Because I am interested in the $640 million in your vault. As they are ruthless. And I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants... Think, damn it, think! ...is to be a hero. Where's Howie? Hey, Tucker! Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? <laughs> John. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, we sound like a born of pieces! He's inside? Who is he? watching uh, Usual Suspects on TV, and I think it's Stephen Baldwin, says fairy godmother a lot instead of oh. effing C's Oh, really? Esser. Fairy <laughs> <Yeah>. godmother. <laughs> um, we, after we watched that trailer, while we were watching that trailer, I, I thought of another 80s trope, Yep. which is calling the police or calling 911 and them not believing you. Right, yeah. So that happened yep. in Goonies. Yep. Happens in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it happens again here where they're like, just stop calling us. Right. It's like, shouldn't you just believe? <laughs> right. Like, shouldn't that be like the like the default setting as well? You sound crazy, but I'll go and check I, it out. And I, I certainly hear gunshots in the background. Yeah. But Leave us alone. Right. You know what? That's a stricken. Not okay. really. 
<laughs> yeah, but I, we forgot I, to do stricken. It, it is earlier. annoying to me. Do you have a stricken? Another stricken? No, no. You know how she like when when the guns go off and then she like pulls the earpiece out because it would be super yeah. loud. I don't yep. think that would happen. It wouldn't be any louder. It would just go like, it would just like right. clip. You know what I yeah. mean? It would clip. You're right. It would clip the sound. You're totally no, right. No, I do. I do have two strickens and a Siskel and an Ebert stricken. Okay. Before we get Real into quick. the trial. Yep. Um, we are sometimes allowed to strike things from the record. We call them strickens. Mm-hmm. Anthony's going to strike a couple things from the record before we get into the trial. Okay. Here's, uh, here's, here's Ebert. Okay. Okay. But you can also see there, I think, one of the big weaknesses of the movie, and that's the idiotic behavior of the Los Angeles Police Department. There was one character in this movie, a deputy chief, whose actions are so stupid and so unmotivated and wrongheaded that finally he just brings the movie to a stop every time he opens his mouth. Bad writing. He always says the wrong thing. He understands nothing. And with a movie like this, once you start picking out the loopholes, and there are a lot of them, it doesn't matter how good the stunts or the special effects are, or even how good Bruce Willis is. You just can't stay interested. I did. St- huh. Interesting. That's not stricken for he me. Needs that, he needs that stricken. He needs that stricken in his own mind in order to yeah. really enjoy this movie. Yeah. That's why I loved I loved that he said that. Like, basically, um, we need to look over. Mm-hmm. You, like, you look over a lot of things. I, I was like, oh, he does his own strickens. <laughs> like, I love it. I actually, I yeah. like that. Um, yeah. No, okay. My only main stricken, real quick, is mm-hmm. um, well, two, two. Okay, is okay. that every other Christmas movie that I love, I can leave on and it's safe for my kids. Okay, I see. That's not a this one. bummer. Yeah, with five and nine year olds, is like this movie, like pre kid, and then yep. kid zero to well, maybe not zero. I mean, you know, through whatever, mm-hmm. can't watch. Maybe you could watch the TV. Actually, it's too violent, honestly. I wouldn't want him to see, like, Takagi's head blown off. and <laughs> no, Yeah, it's just it's too graphic. It's very violent. The yeah. language is very bad. There's yeah. nudity. Yeah, There's, yeah. 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 This is the, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it gets discounted as a Christmas movie. Oh, it's an adult Christmas movie. Right. And so this okay. is not something that you can... Now, we sat around as a family, enjoyed every minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, you know... The kids are the kids these days in their video games and their in their oh, music. Oh yeah, my kids are jaded <laughs> <laughs> with their Fortnites, right? Um, but uh, I still have little ones, so Definitely. so sadly it was difficult for Aaron and I to watch this. Yeah. Um. So that's that's just that's more just said for just to note that kind of for right. fun. Um, yeah. And then Aaron, dude, Aaron's family has mm-hmm. had. A rule, like Aaron's mom has rules. Okay. And one of their family rules is you're never barefoot in a <laughs> hotel room ever. <laughs> okay. I think it was I think it was like 2020 or some sort of like news broadcast that like showed what happens in hotel rooms and how dirty yeah. they are. Yeah, definitely. I see. And like sometimes if you have bare feet in a hotel room, like the bottoms of your feet turn black. Exactly. And there's there's stuff that happens in hotels that it's it's not good. It's not right. It's not sanitary. But so, not in not in your wife's suite, right? At like right. He's not in a hotel room. Good point. Good point. So what we're talking about is at the very first line of the movie, or one of the first lines, is he's like, uh, when you get where oh, you're going, I see. yeah. He's like, take your feet, take your socks off, uh-huh. uh, and then rub your rub your make fists with your toes on the bare carpet. Right. 
which I agree is amazing. I, I might even take my socks off and do that now. Yeah, that's a pretty good tip. And better than a shower and a hot cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> now, you're not going to like my first evidence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're not going to first, you're not going <laughs> to like my exhibit. I will say this about bare feet in places. Jessica and I have very different tolerances for that. Mm. Okay. Um, she is a barefoot person in general, but in uh-huh. public, she can't do bare feet, and I can. I think part of the reason for that is I spent two months in Calcutta in bare feet walking through a city. Right. <laughs> Wait. And I was fine with that. Yeah, but okay. But you walk in bare feet like what, to the store? No, no, I don't. But I'm saying I wouldn't have a problem at a hotel room being in bare feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because okay. I'm just and, like, and it's just the pads of my feet. Who cares? I can wash it. that but, off. Um, so in but public- she is utterly grossed out. By that. Okay. In public. in public, you meant stuff like that, or like at a hotel, or something like that, right. like not going to church or something. Exactly. No, I don't do that, but I would say I'm fine <laughs> with it in different Got ways it. than she is. Um, we could we, let's just jump then right into our exhibits, and I will just okay. okay so this is how it works. If die, if this is your first, if for some reason you decided to listen to this diehard episode among the what do you think <laughs> thousands. Of other there, podcasts. <laughs> there's so many podcasts. It's ridiculous. I didn't yeah. know how, when we started this, I didn't know how common it is for two basic white dudes <laughs> to talk about movies and podcast about it. So we appreciate Die Hard you. in particular. I know. It's like it's like Die Hard and like Jurassic Park. Um, yeah. Just a few of these that like this is on every single one has their own. But which, yeah. what other one though? Mm-hmm. You know, is is talking about some of the stuff we're talking about. Right. Okay, I think. Who else is doing Space mm-hmm. Camp and Just Mercy? Mm-hmm. That's, you're going to mm-hmm. have to come to the Gomers for that action. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we take a movie we love. This is definitely a movie we love. We put it on trial oh, yeah. and try to prove that it is indeed perfect. We've already showed our hands that we actually do think this one is perfect. We're not just trying to prove it. Right. Um, I get a vote. Anthony gets a vote. You'll hear that sound that you just heard. Um, when we get our exhibit, um, and uh, we'll present it at the end. Uh, like I said, we'll both get votes. We'll put it out as a poll on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All that is two gomers. You can vote, and then we'll come back in about a week and reveal the results. If that movie is perfect, it goes on a flash drive. We launch it. Launches soon. We're going to launch these pretty soon. Yeah. Our 2020 movies. Um, up. To V'ger, which takes it to the Xenomorphs from Alien. They sit down with Sigourney Weaver. They watch the movies. They hug. They're good little boys and girls. They're converted. Yep. So is Die Hard going to make it? We're going to make the best case we possibly can. Um, dude, yeah. on our, on our uh, rundown, I've, I, I have me. Is it okay if I go first? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the very first thing you see in this movie, yes, after after the Terminator style, huge letterings <laughs> of the late '80s, early '90s, like this. And like does they, Bruce Willis come in on the side? Right, you see Die Hard. I know that happened in the trailer. You see Die Hard, and then Bruce comes from the right, Willis comes from the left. And oh yeah, boom. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, did they think that was like amazing? Like. Was I it guess hard? So. That, that must was, have been a very cool effect then. 
It's just like, was that a hard thing to do? <laughs> like, you know, like computer <laughs> graphics. It's like, this is incredible. Because there are no computer graphics in this. Um, but no. Okay. My first piece of evidence is the first thing you see in this movie is the weakness of the main character. Okay. In that one shot, mm-hmm. action movies are redefined forever. Okay. The very first thing you see is his hand clenched because he's afraid of flying. Like Indiana right. Jones is afraid of snakes. He's, he's scared of heights. It's a great um, like opener. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like immediately you have, uh, you know, like you, you see a depth of character. The hero has mm-hmm. some weakness. And yeah. I was watching this interview with John McTiernan. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, you know, this is a, his movie. Um, right. And he said that we were constantly trying to dial down toxic masculinity of right. everything beforehand. Which and, is weird for him to say because he just did Predator. <laughs> I know. <laughs> with Schwarzenegger. Right. So I don't know, wh- like, where that came from because it, it wonder, actually, yeah. it wasn't his idea because, like, he he talks about it's in that movies that made us thing. Okay. Yeah. Um but he's like that Bruce Willis was not his first choice. Mm-mm. Like they were yeah, like I think I knew that. Can you yeah, like can you make this work with Bruce Willis and he's like I guess. Well, and who who was up for it? I'm seeing some of the okay, other so cast choices here. So it originally went this is it's laughable because he was uh-huh. like 60. Not the 60s can't be action heroes. Look at Temple of Doom. Or I mean uh Crystal Skull. Or Die Hard 5 and 6. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, but Frank Sinatra was the original detective, and this is the same guy. Oh, okay. So they offered it to him? Well, okay. So it was like contractually they had to. Okay. I um, must not have seen this the, this movies that made us because I don't I don't know this. Okay. So like it's it sounds funny, but like they were like, we have to offer it, but he like has to say no, right? Which of course, um, the person that they wrote it for, like um, Jeb Stewart, who also wrote The Fugitive, ooh, um, the, the screenplay, yummy, yeah, uh, hey, hey, yummy, mm, <laughs> handsome, um, <laughs> two handsome guys. <laughs> um, he was picturing Clint Eastwood the whole time. Okay, yeah, I can um, see that, but but apparently Clint Eastwood didn't quite get the humor. Um, so then the next people in line were yeah. Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that casting dude or that talent scout agent dude was like, you should try my dude, Bruce Willis. He's in Moonlighting. He, he's the, um, the, the spokesman for Seagram's something <laughs> no, or other. I didn't know that. It is, is <laughs> like, like I was trying to, I was trying to think of like, an analog of who this would be now. Okay, here's my hot take. Okay. All right. So first of all, we had a I have this weird moonlighting memory. I think my parents watched moonlighting. Um, I think I've seen that as well in the background too. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the episode I remember was I know there was a big will they won't they thing okay. going on with him and Sybil Shepherd. The the episode I remember was I think one of them got conked on the head and had like this um, Star Trek style olden times. You know when they go, sometimes okay. they go in the, what's that sure. place called? The holodeck. And then oh, all yeah. of a sudden they have a whole episode about how they're in the 20s or something. Yep. They did it that was on like Felicity that. as well. Okay. Um, and Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis actually get together 
in the dream, but then he oh. wakes up and it's it's like the the sexual tension still exists. Um, anyways, here's my here's my theory about action movies, stars of yep. action movies. Hire a comedian. Hire. It doesn't matter if they're super ripped. It's a more interesting movie if that star has some comedian chops. So the analog now is the Marvel Universe, where I think the Got best it. superheroes are Paul Rudd. Mm, yep. Chris Pratt. Yep. Um, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. to a certain extent is, mm-hmm. is a comic actor. Oh, yeah. He's totally like cynical. Right. And sarcastic, but yeah. funny. So yep. I think Bruce Willis started all of that. 100%. I think you can trace Paul Rudd's casting as Ant-Man to Bruce yep. Willis in Die Hard. Totally. And that <laughs> all starts with that hand on the plane, dude. It all right. that it's, it's like that that's why I wanted to pick that is it's like that's the moment mm-hmm. right there where right. everything changed where the the comedic everyman yep becomes an action star. Yeah. I mean, Kumail Nanjiani is in a Marvel movie now coming up. He looks ripped. But this is a comedian, right? It's it's like I think it's interesting to to not just like this this it just looks like all the usual suspects here, right? Yeah. Harrison totally. Ford, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Clint Eastwood. Right. The humor the most humorless man I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, does has Clint Eastwood ever smiled? <laughs> it would be such a it would be such a it would be a movie lost in the other hundreds of action totally. movies of that time. It'd be it'd be in a stack of movies yep. that yep that would just be you know a box office okay and it was yeah. it was good. But right. yeah, it's kind of like it's when when uh when when lightning is trapped in a bottle is like what happened with this movie. It's Bruce yeah. Willis, who like in the tra- when they play the trailers, mm-hmm. like you know they do all this stuff, and then they show Bruce Willis, and I guess the audience laughed. Okay, like, yeah, because they like, were like the moon landing guy, right? So that's that's what I want to find the the analog for it now. Is like, let's say they're remaking, and it would be amazing, but like let's say they're remaking Jurassic Park or Terminator yeah. or something like that, like some right. big action movie, and then they put like. Well, even like Michael Keaton Batman. That's what was I was like going to say. I think that's a pretty I think Robert Pattinson Batman probably got Ooh. a laugh at first. He's not a comic actor, but there right. I like it when it's an unusual casting. Michael Keaton's a great one, honestly. Because yep. because he Michael Keaton Right, Mr. Mom is Batman? <laughs> what? <laughs> like Moonlighting guy is Die right. Hard? But yeah. like it's like it's like when it, I, I just, I want to know like who that could be now. Like what, what if they put like Steve Carell? Right. Well, that's why I think Paul Rudd is probably the best okay. example of it now. Yep. Because he, I mean, speaking of Steve Carell, right? He's, he's in Anchorman, right? Right. As a sleazeball and it doesn't work. And then you're going to hire at Chris Pratt. He was a dumpy boy. Chris Pratt is is perfect, totally. Because yeah. because I actually know Chris Pratt more from movies than went back and watched Parks and Rec. Okay, so right. I had like an yeah. Aquafina thing uh-huh. where I saw her in Farewell and then Crazy Rich right. Asians, and, and you're like, oh, she's a dramatic actress, right? 
It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Uh, yeah. So I really like, I, I love this, that not only do you see that handshaking, but it doesn't pan out to Schwarzenegger. Well, and you know, you wouldn't buy, see, that's that's part of my point, is you wouldn't buy mm-hmm. a handshaking and then it pans out and it's Schwarzenegger. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you're already feeling this dude is more complex. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. oh, he's he's like our hero, but he's afraid of flying. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so he's he's got some complexities. And then um, he gets to the Nakatomi Tower mm-hmm. and he sees the, well, just every single line, California. He hates you know, California. Like, he can't believe he's in California. <laughs> I I love how he delivers that line. California. That's he's just California. Different. <laughs> so he says <laughs> he's just different than any uh any um action star before it it's a paradigm shift right and that's when it happens okay let me chunk in we're going we're going for it yes because i think the the other amazing thing they do much to aaron's mom's chagrin mm. is they keep him weak mm. in certain ways Yep. With the bare feet. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so I submit to you Bruce Willis's bare feet as <laughs> exhibit B. Exhibit one, hands. Hand shaking. Exhibit <laughs> exhibit B, bare feet. First of all, I think the bare feet, what it represents to me is that, I, th- I think you were saying this before, everything that's set up, every checkoff's gun. Yeah. In the first 15 minutes, goes off in the third act. Totally. Yep. Um, so there's the um th- there's the bare feet, there's the shaking hand, there's the the part where um he she has changed, she's using her um her maiden name. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say when he gets to Nakatomi Tower and right. sees that all he does is he just goes like <sighs> Yeah, or is there just, a line? It's you. Sh- it's shown and not told how he right. feels about that, right? Yep, exactly. Um, yep. But that pays off because then Alan Rickman doesn't know who she is, right? And so that's set up perfect. And perfect. then when she yep. flips the picture down, because she's a she's she's nervous to look at him in the picture, she flips the picture down to the family. He doesn't know that they're married. Um, like the the watch, right? Yes. Her Rolex. Yep. You totally forget about the Rolex until the last five minutes of the movie when it almost kills her. Dude. Okay. So that that right there, I almost had that as my second piece of evidence because huh. I knew I knew hand and, and foot. <laughs> hand, foot, mouth. <laughs> we should have mouth. Anything mouth. Is there any mouth related? Maybe stuff? the language. <laughs> That's true. They're dirty mouths. Those dirty, dirty mouths. <laughs> yeah. Mata, mata. Um, no, but yeah, like... She is so career driven that it well, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put it on her because he's also a pig headed dude yeah. that oh man, it's just the way Argyle like pulls that exposition out so mm-hmm. naturally. You're like yep. Argyle Let me guess, is he's the married. Mr. DNA. Yep, he's the Mr. Yep. DNA of this movie. You get the you get the exposition in the cab, it doesn't feel preachy. Oh so perfect. So good. Yeah. It's which is why when when uh when Roger Ebert said the writing bad writing yeah. I was like this is another one of those that I think could be up there in your screenwriting class of like 
Yes. Perfect. As far as action movies, you mean you have to have the, you have to have somebody who's incompetent to make this movie work, which sounds like that was Ebert's main thing. Like this guy's to the the main oh, the chief of yeah. police or whatever is too yeah. incompetent. Um, totally. And that's a fair I, that's a fair stricken. I guess so, but you have to have somebody like that for the movie to have the problems that it has to overcome. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess I get the I get the the fact that he would think that's bad writing. I would disagree. That's purposefully written in to yeah. move the plot along. Sure. Um, so the other thing that the bare feet so the bare feet kind of represents everything in this first fifteen minutes pays off. Yes. But it also directly relates to yours, which is um, for me, I feel like if this movie was made today, they would keep the bare feet until the second or third one because mm-hmm. it's such an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how are we going to make it even harder in the sequel for him? We'll take away it. his shoes. Sure. Well, they, I guarantee they weren't thinking about a sequel. They were like, we just <laughs> no, got I don't think so cause, either. Because, like, apparently, um, so Jeb Stewart wrote the first screenplay and they mm-hmm. were like rewriting it as they went. Like, apparently, they called this dude um, D'Souza, Stephen okay. D'Souza, who's just he seems like a guy that like a closer that can just like come and just I write see, yeah. jokes and he's yep, just he's a funny. Yeah. Yep. So he came in and like rewrote mm-hmm. a bunch of it. And so apparently Punched they had like only 30% of it and they were like constantly rewriting. Like, for example, like they figured out the ambulance thing. This could uh-huh. have been a stricken later, but um, they figured out the how are they going to get them out? And they're like, well, what about an ambulance? Right. The ambulance that they're going to escape in, but they don't end up escaping in. Right. But also okay. it's it comes out of the truck. When they come uh-huh. out of the truck, there's no ambulance in the truck. <laughs> so so that was written <laughs> that idea was written in too late. Yeah. So <laughs> they talked about like and, and I love this. Cause uh-huh. I, I think we've seen Spielberg do stuff like this before. McTiernan was like, we went to the screening uh-huh. and we were like, oh, we forgot yeah. there's no ambulance in the truck. Oh, no. Yeah. And then McTiernan was like, who cares? If somebody oh, thinks wow. about that like two hours later, whatever. Like, <laughs> He's who He's going to pull a, a George Lucas and go back into it and like oh. <laughs> CGI somehow an ambulance and then like shift them over a little bit like Han Solo. Um, <laughs> they walk step, over it. Stepping on <laughs> Jabba the Hutt's tail. <laughs> They're all just like. Han <laughs> my boogie. Oh, Han Mabugi. Um, yeah, I, 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 I th- that's curious to me because I do feel like it's so tightly written that they wouldn't miss something like that. I like to hear that they did. Um, everything else feels to me so tightly written and also purposeful, the bare feet, purposefully oh, yeah. keeping him um, fallible, right? Mm, like he, yep. uh, and I remember Tracy Leland's house, went ensemble party, mm-hmm. thinking, He's gonna be barefoot this whole time. This isn't this is amazing. Dude, that that really yeah, that gets you like feeling like, oh dude, you gotta find some shoes. Yeah. Right. You know, like, Which he oh, tries man, to at one point. Um yep. and it's smaller guy, than my the, sister. <laughs> I kill a nine hundred nine hundred no, nine million terrorists in this world, and I have to shoot the one with feet smaller than my sister. <laughs> but smooch it with my brother. <laughs> that's so great though. That's like they they it's so perfectly crafted and written right that they think of stuff like that like the shoes like mm-hmm. like some somebody like us or maybe like even nerdier 
would be yeah. like, well, why didn't you steal the shoes from the guy? Or even when right after he kills the first guy, you're yelling at the screen, take his shoes. Right. And then he tries. It's great. Yep. Totally. Um, so the bare feet. I mean, it's just this purely genius move. I wonder if they thought of it late also. I don't know. but um, I don't know, yeah. And then the setup is the scene that you're talking about, which is the guy tells him to do it. So there's a reason his feet yeah. are there. It's so that's so good. Yeah. Like there's a reason that he's in the in the A T shirt, the the wife beater, yep. as it's so called by the yeah. by the I don't know, kids these days. Um, <laughs> but I think the technical name is like the A frame, right? Right, A frame shirt. I, I do have a minor problem with that shirt. What's that? Um like okay, what is the purpose of I'm just going to call it the wife beater, which is what people know it as. Sure. What is the purpose of that shirt? It's to prevent your uh, – uh, get a little blue here. Uh-huh. It's to prevent your nipples chafing, I believe. Okay. It's, so to, it, okay. it's to cover I've your – and for a hairy-chested man or a hairy-bellied uh, man, yep. that is that it's, it fits tight to the bod. And so then, so then a, your looser clothing doesn't uh, rub and chafe is my, is my understanding. I've, okay. I, I'm not. I'm not aware of such things. <laughs> okay, like a so V-neck it's, T-shirt. It's shape. If I'm gonna it's wear a, something like that. Right. It's it's so it's shape defining, uh, mm-hmm. and then also for anti-chafing. Okay. I always think of a T-shirt as like for catching the being the first catch of like perspiration. Sure, and, and so I, like, I do think it might be that, but it comes way down off the armpits, so that wouldn't make any sense. Right, so it doesn't do anything. So I, I've always thought of it as being sort of useless. Uh, I did start wearing them on concerts, though, like many years ago. Yeah. And they're, you are so much more cool. Right. It feels amazing. So you have that inner layer without heating up. Right. A-frame shirt chat. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> hey, I just need to mention this about the watch because we we skipped yeah. over it. We didn't right. finish it. But so he she is a career driven woman. Brought mm-hmm. her out there, right? Like, yep. um, and um, you didn't think she was gonna make it, so you didn't pack your bags, right? <laughs> um, good, good, very perceptive. Our totally. is. Yeah. He really was, and it's his mm-hmm. first day on the job, and it's his first wow. time in a limo. Genius. Wow. That was so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. They're just a charming friends. Um, mm-hmm. But the very thing that she achieves for her yeah. great year's worth of work is that watch. Yep. Right. And that's the thing that um, uh, whatever his name is, um, Gruber is holding yeah. on to. She lets go of that. He dies. They're saved. Right. And so it's it's husband and wife. Yep. <laughs> releasing the, the shackle yep. yeah. of career yeah. and and saving the day. At the end which of the movie. Goes into my theory, dude, which is I actually think there's a possibility that um John McClain loves Holly Gennaro so much that he actually set this whole thing up, hired these oh, okay. terrorists so right. that he could um this was I was thinking about this on my walk the other day. I was like, maybe he set this whole thing up to get her back. Wow. I bet that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he did it again the next year. <laughs> and then he did it again. Four more times. Um, l- can I just talk about the terrorist thing? Yes. I'm surprised that it says terrorist, and I'm not surprised that it says terrorist on in the trailer and in, on the box art uh-huh. because I because they're purposefully not terrorists, right? right? 
Yep. Um, and that actually is said, I think, like three times in the movie where it's mm-hmm. like, you just want money, which I got to say, I love. <laughs> I don't like terrorists. I like boiglas. I like Marvin Harry. <laughs> yeah, right. They're just on a heist, just trying to get rich. Right. So they're not necessarily concerned about that. There's that scene where Alan Rickman is making like making demands that he just read in Time magazine or whatever he says. Yeah, yeah. I read it in Time magazine. Um, that is another. F- I mean, this movie's funny. Yes. Okay. I, and that that part is just like the fact that they're thieves is so much funnier. Am I wrong? Totally. Than than if they were terrorists. Totally. Oh, all right, dude. He's Let me chunk in, in there. We'll yep. continue with terrorist chat. Okay. My second piece of evidence, though, as to why this is the perfect action movie is because it's friggin' funny. Yeah. Okay. Great. Like I love it. It. It's like it's a laugh riot. Like every line he delivers is funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like a- apparently, um, D'Souza was told by the like by um, Willis's like manager or whatever you. You guys have changed the script too many times. Stop changing it. Okay. And so he was like dialing up the funny. That's what D'Souza did is he brought the funny. Okay. He put some and, jokes in there. Right. Yep. And so he got together with Willis and they had drinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I have all this more jokes and stuff, but your manager's like says, stop rewriting. And he's like, screw that. <laughs> like Bruce Willis did? Yeah. He was like, okay. no way. Bring the funny. Yeah. Right. I I remember again. I keep coming back to this wind ensemble party, dude. I just love this just party. This is just this laughing. Is folklore. Yeah. Yep. Um. Everybody just like uh, when he says the, come out to the coast. Let's get together. We'll have a few laughs. Yeah. yeah. Um. Rolling. Mm-hmm. I, that is. Uh, I don't know why he says that in that moment. Uh huh. Why he chooses in the elevator duct to say that. But it is too good. And yeah. I wonder, I, that must, I guess I have this D'Souza guy to thank for that. But yeah. I, even, even at that age, I, I remember thinking, I don't think I've ever seen an action movie just like this. I wasn't at a place where I think I would say, oh, this is why action movies are like this now. Mm. Um, okay. Just well, let me ta- I'm just thinking oh. about this, this thing that happened to me a couple months ago. Okay. I've been, so Noah is collecting vinyl lately. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when I go to the used bookstore and I see something that I think is important for him to own, I buy it. Okay. So I saw Born in the USA, Springsteen's album. Okay. So I bring it up to the, the girl who's checking me out. She's probably, I think she's probably in college and she sees the iconic cover, which is Bruce Willis in tight fitting jeans, just his butt with that red cap coming out of the his pocket. And she said, oh, wow, now that is a pair of 80s jeans. What? And I was like offended. I was like, that's not a pair of 80s jeans. That's Bruce <laughs> Springsteen's butt. That's the, that is what every pair of 80s jeans has been based on. <laughs> that's the pair. It's not the pair. Right. That's, that, that is, like we were saying, ground zero, patient zero of 80s <laughs> jeans. 
And so you can't just flippantly say Die Hard is a fun action movie. You know, right. a fun action movie. It's the. Yes. The, the, the action movie that all others. I think this is what I texted you. That all others will forever be measured against and be yes. found lacking. Right. Um, Ex- exactly. <laughs> so we, we show you honor to Die Hard. Yes. And and so when I was at that party, I think probably part of me sensed this is an important thing I'm watching. Um mm. and then as I watched more action movies, I realized they're all in the shadow of the great and mighty Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Yes. And that's like that's what blows my mind so much is is learning that they were rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and recasting and mm-hmm. you know, like how it how it all comes together and then they did right. a screening and they like they were like whoa like it, somebody said like mm. oh beep like this yeah. is special this is this is and, like the best yeah like there's like scenes missing and there's like you know like blue screen stuff that hadn't been filled <laughs> right, in okay. and there was I see it was one music. of those like unfinished yeah unfinished screenings yeah and they still yeah. could tell probably yeah um but it's it's just um it's funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, just as an example, like, um, Al, Sergeant mm-hmm. Al Powell. Reginald like, Bell Johnson. Yep. When he, when he's getting the Twinkies and he's like, Great this scene. is for, this is for my wife. And mm-hmm. the guy's like, mm-hmm. Just the way he puts money into the, like the little charity thingy, you know, he like slaps it, in, but, it in there. Yeah, but he doesn't <laughs> stop looking at the check, the teller, the check, you know, guy, you know, right, yeah, yeah, he doesn't break eye contact. He's just stuffing it in there. You know what I mean? Or like how yep. he reads the Twinkie, mm-hmm. the, the ingredients. He knows all the ingredients. Or is that in Die Hard too? No, he knows all the ingredients in this one. Okay. Yep. Um, he, yeah. He knows the yellow number five or whatever. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's a great comic performance totally i love johnson and johnson what a great joke oh it's, totally. it's a black cop and a white cop yeah 14 oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's the Robert guy from Dobby. Dobby. <laughs> right? yeah totally <laughs> um and they introduce themselves as johnson and johnson no relation and yep. then there's that phone call where he picks up and he says it's ancient johnson beat uh-huh. No, the other one. So, so the person on the other end must have asked the black one. That's yes, they so... know the other one, but that's not written in. And so you, I mean, that is funny crap. Totally. Oh, like, oh yeah. Well, even right then when he was like, remembers, reminds me of Saigon. Oh yeah. You know, he's like, yeah. it's like that, that's the machismo. Right, like yes. the machismo does not win in this movie, right. and, but they're like reliving their glory days, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I was in high school, beep weed, you yeah. know, like, yeah, just, just lines like that." I mean, have you yeah. have you seen the sequels, past two? Okay, so, um, 
I've seen Die Hard 3 many times. I remember okay. thinking it was dumb. I remember watching it as part of a laydown day. Right. But every I think of it often. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's where we live, but there are so many times where I see like 10 dump trucks in a row. Uh-huh. And I just, or like we, we're near an Amazon headquarters. So right. I always see like a gas station full of Amazon trucks. Okay. And then they all yeah. leave together. I'm uh-huh. like, Die Hard 3. Yeah. Like there's some iconic stuff in that one. Well, and and it's it's this ramping up thing that we talked about in the Home Alone 2 episode. If you want to listen to that, it's on patreon.com slash two gomers where we talk about yep. the ramping up, right? Yeah. From house to New York. Yep. This one is from building to airport to New York City, right? right. In, in the third one. It doesn't work very well for me. My theory about my personal problem with it is that it's not during Christmas. And so I Dude. just don't like it. Okay, that just blew my mind. What if it had been New York Christmas, man? Well, and you, I think I've shared my my big idea for Die Hard 3 was White House. Ooh. And well, then they ended up doing that with White House Down and other things yeah, later. Um, right. But a way to, way to ramp it up with Bruce Willis would have been incredible Die Hard 3 in the White House. Yeah. I just wish. During Christmas. Dur- yeah, during White House Christmas. Yeah. Um, that would have been the Clinton years, I think. Yeah. Um, dude, one, one, okay. So like even along the, like the writing and like the fact that, that it was happening all mm-hmm. like just, it's like a, it's like a freight train moving forward. Like we have to finish this movie. Yeah. We're writing it. They're in that building. Um, uh-huh. I saw them talk to one of like the stunt coordinators. Yeah. Um, and they're in that, the, the building is under construction. The whole time, oh, too. Oh, right. Nakatomi right? So Plaza, like, which is a different... I mean, it's not called that in real life, I'm right. assuming. It's it's yeah. just Fox. It's it's a big building. Oh, just building. like a Fox Studios building. Yeah. So, like, okay. half the floors were, like, lawyers and stuff. And they're, like, <laughs> yeah. bombs going up during the day, guns going up. They had all these complaints, but they were, like, it's our building. <laughs> you know? During during the day, right? Sometimes right. all that stuff's happening during the day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they... Um, they were writing, like they were literally walking around the set and mm-hmm. would see like a dolly or like oh, a I cart or something like that, you know? So they're, so the stunt coordinator was like, okay, let's use that. Or like those chains that oh, are hanging from the it. ceiling. Let's write let's a gag hang there. the ballet dancer on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It, so that's the kind of stuff that it's like lightning trapped in a bottle. Yeah. Somehow they're in this, now this empty building with mm-hmm. some floors that are finished, some that are not. Yeah. But they made it work. Mm, so good. Yeah. yeah I, and I don't think movies are made like that anymore. Yeah. Too probably calculated most now. of the time for the better. But in this case, not as much. I, I asked you about the sequels because in the fourth one, which they, they base around July 4th, which I like. So it's okay. a holiday movie again, but Independence Day instead. Um, they make a Johnson & Johnson joke in that movie. That's pretty oh, funny. Okay. Um, uh, you should see it. Bruce Willis die is hard. really good in it. Die Hard Four. D- is it Live Free daughter? or Die Hard? Mm-hmm. I did see it. Yeah, I, I like can't. it. I'm I'm putting multiple movies together. I would I'll I'll see it again. It's good. We should do it over <laughs> July Fourth weekend. Oh, good one. After um, Independence Day, I've got one more. I I cannot not put this man mm. in front of the judge in our trial. Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber. And I think if I was actually in a trial, I would just set him there 
and yep. be like, I don't know why, <laughs> but th- if it was anybody else, this movie wouldn't be perfect, but totally. it's Alan Rickman. And so it is. Yes. Yes. He, the, uh, also yeah. Alan Rickman as a playing a German or a British man playing a German, then doing a fake American <laughs> accent is a deep part of Gomer lore. Totally. Oh, please don't shoot. Don't shoot. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't do it. I'm an American. <laughs> okay. So apparently, do you know this story about this accent? That I think what I read at one point was that they're trying to get Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman together because they're both so good. And in the original script, they didn't meet until the very end, right? And so they were like, how do we get them together? And so they came up with this kind of like, they've never actually seen each other, right? Have, they've never right. seen nope. each other. You're totally right. They've talked. Okay. So like, right. I guess, so yeah, that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They wanted, they needed a scene together with these dudes. Yeah. Um, but they were like, how are we going to do that? So they asked Alan Rickman, and I guess it was in front of a bunch of people. Can uh-huh. you do an? Do you do an American accent? A lot of British people can do American accents, <laughs> right? Which I was, love. I love oh, British people doing American accents. Totally. <laughs> but I guess he said no. But I can do like a California surfer accent. Okay. Yeah. Which that, so that, it is. You're right. So he it's did like a it. SoCal surfer dude. <laughs> totally. Like he did it. Oh God, please no. Uh-huh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did it, and it killed. I, okay. Apparently, it was like by the crab service table. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, that kills D'Souza. Get uh-huh. on it. Write it in. <laughs> <laughs> you are released to write a scene between these two. It's it's an amazing scene because you're like, why aren't they killing each other? Oh, it's because they have never seen each other. And then the picture being down has a lot mm. uh, is super important yes. because he would have recognized Bruce Willis if she had not flipped the picture down. Totally um, genius. Yeah. So um I love him, R.I.P. Yeah, he's part of our. He's part, now part of our two timers club because of Galaxy Quest. Yep. Um, he is such a good bad guy. He's the best bad guy. He, I mean, my guess yep. is he got Snape because he's the best bad guy ever on film. Turn to page three hundred and ninety-four. Totally. Well, who's better before this? Like, there's nobody like he. So he he was a like a, a Shakespearean actor or whatever had never okay, done yeah. a movie before. This was his sure. first movie ever. Yeah, and he comes in and crushes it like this. I'm like mm-hmm. he didn't have a he wasn't derivative of anybody else. Maybe that's right? it. like how it, many it's, people it, have it's been Bruce ap- Springsteen's butt again? Yeah, right. Like like he is probably what. He was he's not a big beefy guy either. He's just right. so smart. Yeah. And oh, so the then suit. I bet bad guys became that after this. Yeah. The suit line dude. Yeah. When he was like he was like heading up to probably kill this dude. But he's like, mm-hmm. I like your suit. That's a right. British maker. I have two myself. <laughs> Wait, why did I just do Southern? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have two myself, like, dude. I'm a sucker, like, dude. <laughs> hey, man. Um, yeah, he is so extraordinary. Um, there's the other thing, just because this is our our ultimate episode, got to drop everything in. Is yeah. like 
the stunt sequence when he drops. Mm. Best um, shot of the movie. Do you think that's oh. the best shot of the movie? Okay, so do you know the story behind this one? That they drop they actually dropped him, right? This isn't a this isn't a CGI Lex from Jurassic Park face on a stunt, oh, right. stunt woman. No, no, this no. is yeah, like totally. him <laughs> falling, probably it seems like a long way. Yeah, he like he's falling onto a blue like a, a blue um mattress. Like a blue screen I mean, pillow or something. Yeah, that's like as you know, humongous, like right, okay. Um, uh, like many trampolines wide or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyways, they were going to, they wanted to get it to actually happen. So what they did is they were going to say three, two, one, go uh-huh. drop him. Yeah. And they dropped him on one <laughs> instead of go. So right, they go, I see. so they go three, two, one. And so like, he's expecting to hear go, but they drop right. him. So his body drops. So like, yeah, the, the stunt guy and so was you saying, see his, you see his eyes just yeah. bug out. Oh, like he's actually scared. Yeah. Happy trails, Hans. And and they just, they slow it down, which is a great idea because then you get like a five second shot. Of him, his R, his right, the the gun yeah. goes out. He's about to shoot yes. her, but his gun goes out and he's flailing all the way back. And then they cut back to that amazing shot of it must be a dummy falling yeah. down that yeah, whole yeah. length of the building. But it looks real to me. It does. So it's, good. Yep. Um, that's my that's my favorite s- shot of his. Then I love it when he does say, "Yippee ki yay, mutta beep." Yep. Um, but I also love it when uh, Holly Gennaro comes into him and says, we have a pregnant woman out there. Mm, mm-hmm. And he actually looks concerned about that. Yeah. Yep. Like he and then they have that back and forth where he's like, we can't do that. But how about if we bring her a couch? Yeah. And yeah. There, for some reason, th- that feels like a scene that would be cut now. For some reason, that scene just expands him as a character so well and yeah. and it's just like he's he's the best bad guy he's the yep. best bad guy ever i mean he's so good at snape so good as by grapthar's hammer he's he's yep. even good in that depressing christmas what is that depressing christmas movie oh, yeah. like i can't think of it oh i can't think of the name of it right now that i recommended last year um sorry i can't remember either it's love actually dudes He's good yep. in it. His storyline is so depressing. Yeah, he's he's so good in that. Yep. Um, no, he they 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 round out each character so well, giving yep. your hero vulnerability, mm-hmm. and then yep. giving your um, your antagonist like you actually like him. Yeah, like yeah the pre- the pregnant you wife really like him, the, the pregnant mom, and like. Mm-hmm. Getting the people to go to the bathrooms and stuff. She's like, if you yeah. want it, if you don't want to mess in here, right? Um, yep. <laughs> it's just so good. That scene still, the scene where it's where it's Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. Alan Rickman. Yep. Yeah, I can't imagine watching that again for the first time. No, you know what I mean. I wish like I could. I wish I, I could. Wish we could see Sixth Sense again for the first time. Yep. Wish we could see Tommy Boy again for the first time. <laughs> Wish I could see <laughs> yep. that scene again for like, because yeah. you're like, how, 
how are you going to it's it's like the shoes it's like the feet it's like the mm-hmm. bare feet like how, is how are you going to get out of this i lo- that's perfect writing that is perfect yeah. writing right i i also will just say this and then we can give it to the nation to vote okay the fact that the glass doesn't happen until th- the final quarter maybe even later mm. i mean i don't think the him walking over the glass happens until probably an hour and 45 in yeah she's um, fenster because it barefoot is hard enough and you're like how is he going to do this and then they just ramp it up one more time before totally. the end um and then there's there's the there's the hose the Ugh. fire hose the, it's the it's the escalation and de-escalation right like yeah he it's gonna blow up so he puts this on okay great he jumps <laughs> off now he can't get in yeah. Oh no! He shoots it. He goes in, and then is it the best thing that's ever happened in any movie in my life? When <laughs> then the fire roll falls, and you see it, and it zooms from that to his face, where he's yes. just like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> it, it cannot be topped. Yep, it's incredible. Well, and also shooting the building to get back in. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's dangling from a fire hose fifty yeah. stories up, mm-hmm. and he's shooting a he's shooting the glass, or yeah. he's gonna die, right? Like, and yeah, and then the fire hose falls back, and he's still connected mm-hmm. to it. It's like yeah. every single like you 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 finish one thing, and then here's another thing. It's a puzzle. Yeah, so amazing. Yep. Every every time he solves something. Something else goes wrong that he then has to solve. It's a great, yep. great scene, great movie. Now it's up to you, nation. We think Die Hard is perfect. Do you? You can vote in all sorts of places. You can go to Twitter right now. Uh, that's two gomers. You can go to our Instagram, our Facebook. You can even send us an email at Gmail. Um, all of that is two gomers. And let us know, is Die Hard a perfect movie? Uh, we want to tell you that The Farewell is on the list. Yes. Good job, Aquafina and Nai Nai. Yep. And um, we're going to do a launch. A 2020 Ooh. launch. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it on V'ger. V'ger doesn't launch. What would we put it on to get it out there? To V'ger. SpaceX. <laughs> okay, good idea. Call up <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> now we have a, a very no, important no, no. job for you to do. Uh, he's, he's too... He's like... Too forward, like he's too trying to go to Mars for this. Okay, we need to get um, one of the um, space shuttles out of the um, out of retirement, out of retirement, mm-hmm. and send that up, dude. Okay, so we're gonna put our flash drive on a shuttle, get it up to V'ger, and it's gonna finally take um, our 2020 and 2019 movies on the list up to them, and then we're gonna start. Uh, perfect movie is going to look a little bit different mm-hmm. in 2021. Anthony and I have been having some conversations. Yep, we're trying to do three podcasts at once. Yeah. Um. Somehow, some people are probably able to do that because they like podcasts for a living or something. We do not. No. We also have full time jobs, families, right? Kids. Yep. It's yeah. been so fun. It's been a ride. But I think yes. trying to maintain that is not sustainable or life giving or friend. <laughs> Friends giving or sanity <laughs> or sanity inducing, <laughs> right? Exactly, um. that's what I was looking for, <laughs> right? And so, we're not going to stop perfect, we're not going to stop putting movies on trial. How about that? 
Right. Um, but it's going to look a little bit different in 2021. Um, we're going to do one movie a month, and that and perfect movie is moving onto our bonus disc. Mm-hmm. Um, so one movie a month starting January 2021. Uh, you need to be a subscriber on patreon.com slash two gomers in order to continue. Um, that's going to be at the lowest 3.1. So everybody's going to get those movies. That's a that's a Patreon. Yep. Or a Gomertron as we call them. Um, we just need to regain some sanity. Well, yeah. And so we we talked about this and if you're super bummed right now, I mean, like, mm. it's hard for me to believe because we already have two other podcasts that you're probably checking out as well. So, but if you're like, <laughs> what the heck? Um, the thing is, we're really trying to um, focus in and hone in on health and right. on the new thing we're or kind of revamp new thing we're starting over at Two Gomers Run for Their Lives. Right. Um, we did a whole episode about this um, on mm-hmm. our state of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and we're we're starting some stuff over there that's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. And this has been such a an added fun for us. Um, but yep. yeah, we're gonna we're consolidating and simplifying. We're streamlining for sure. Streamlining. And we've had counsel is. with listeners and yep. our wives and family members, and like we said, lots of conversations between the two of us. Yep. Things like this episode are not going to end. Totally. We just have decided we can't do it as often. Um, and we need to streamline by putting that on the bonus disc, which makes a lot of sense, right? Stick that bonus disc in. Totally. And you hear a Die Hard app or a Dude. Selma app or a When Harry Met Sally app or other things coming up. Castaway in 2021. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hook. Dude, totally. We have so <laughs> many good episodes coming, and yep. I think that's well worth $3.1 a month. Oh, yeah. And then, totally. of course, if you go up to the 6.2, you get twice as many bonus babies. Oh, totally. There's an episode a week, yeah, on bonus disc. Right. So don't worry. We're not we're not stopping the hard work that it takes. Totally. To produce these episodes, um, we're just trying to streamline a little bit. So, at some point in early 2021, we are going to launch the farewell along with 12 other movies, and maybe Die Hard, and maybe It's a Wonderful Life if they get on before the end of the year. Yep. And we are gonna convert. Some xenomorphs. <laughs> yes. Good boys and girls all. All right, dude. Great app. Super fun, man. Loved it. Yep. Um, next movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Incredible. Make sure uh, everybody checks out our other feed. Um, we're, we're doing uh, Gomer's Favorite Things next week on the Two Gomers Run for Their Lives feed. Can't wait for that. Um, yep. So plenty of stuff. And then, oh, if you're not a Gomertron yet, make sure you sign up soon on our Patreon and you will get an invitation to the Christmas evening with the Gomers where we're going to dress up, have some libations, open presents, play games, all in a giant (laughs) Zoom call. Gomertrons only. Patreon.com slash two Gomers. You better do that now or you are not invited. (laughs) Oh, that is so harsh. (laughs) And your Christmas will be ruined. You get nothing but coal in your Zoom, Zoom That's calls, right. but it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna, it's the first totally. ever, maybe yep. for, maybe only ever. Who knows? Oh no! When we have a first annual, we always do you're a right. second annual, and then we you're end up totally doing right. it for twelve years to come. Totally, you're right. Totally. All right, dude. Have a great week. All right, you too, buddy. Great app. Super fun, man. And happy watching. It's a wonderful life. 
The Gomers will be right back. To put Die Hard on trial. To put Die Hard on trial. But first. But first. A Christmas message. A Christmas message. From. From. Patreon.com. Patreon.com. Slash two gomers. Slash two gomers. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon.